Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, buddy C. Today, we will be discussing, finishing our discussion on the 11th chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Guys, from last week, any any comments or any uh, epiphanies after the meeting that uh, you want to share? I, 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 I told you about this last week, buddy, but I didn't tell Marla. We um, I bought a, I, I like making soup, right? So I, I, I make it in big batches and I freeze it. I take it out the, I take it out as I need it for dinner, and um, I specifically bought a big two liter jug for making my stock and that in it. And Louise had filled it with um, slime for Callum. Callum wanted to make slime. And it's just sat in this jug for two weeks. Mm. And I had, buy, I had to go and buy a new jug because I was trying to explain to her. She's like, it'll wash out. It'll, and, I, and I was trying to explain to her, like, it's not the, the jug doesn't choose what goes in it. And says to me, Craig, stop talking shit. Wash the jug out. <laughs> the jug got bent and I went and bought a new jug. So. <laughs> that's good, that's Craig. Uh, you know this uh, this idea of um, the the cup, the jar, the space within is just so huge as far as for our recovery. Um, Mary, uh, who that, we got a new person. Mary, can you hear us, Mary? Okay, somebody new. They'll figure it out. Uh, we'll just continue. Um, this idea of the space within being the important part. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put us over to the. Um, um, I'm going to share my screen. Oh, here's the chat. There we go. I cannot hear you. No, I cannot. Mary, you might want to check. Can you hear us, Mary? Uh, let me let me help her for a minute here. Uh, check your... Hey, Mary? Okay, let me let's just get her going before we get. Can you up here? Yes. Okay, we're Mary. We're gonna. Can you? Uh, let's let these folks get settled. Then we got Brandy coming in. Okay, I want to let them make sure they can hear and get settled before we get on the content. Well, she logged off quick. Okay, so she's. Figuring it out. We'll just continue. <laughs> All right. I'm going to share a screen. Okay. We'll get moving on. Um, all right. This is the uh, Wayne uh, Dyer commentary. And we, we this is where we left off last week. But this is real interesting. You know, we've been talking about the – the space within, uh, here's the actual uh, um, chapter we've been talking about. Uh, we shape the clay in the pot, and it's the emptiness inside. 
that holds whatever we want. And it's the emptiness inside that makes the vessel useful. And, you know, and I think that's the whole, I, I think that is, for me, if I am being useful, that is where my contentment lies. You know, if I'm, it's not about all these things. It's about that if I feel I am useful, then that is where my satisfaction in life comes from. Uh, that's been my experience. So if it's the emptiness inside that makes us useful, then we need to pay some attention to that emptiness, you know? Um, and this is Wayne Dyer's commentary on this. And this is where we left off last week, but I want to look at something here that says, in the first line of the verse, the hole in the center that's necessary for the movement of the wheel can be likened to the void that's vital for you to move through in your life. You have an inner state of being at your center. So take note of what is visible, your body, as well as the invisible essence that your existence depends upon, the Tao part of you. So for me, how that relates is with with alcoholism, I would – hey, Brandy, can you hear us? You good? Yep, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, we got it all straight, okay. Uh, we're on chapter 11 on the Tao Te Ching. And, uh, um, what, what I'm, for me, the emptiness that was there was, was tainted. So it was full of my selfishness and my dishonesty and my resentment, my, my fear. So I used alcohol to treat that in, in place of, uh, having any kind of spiritual walk at all. That that's why they call alcohol spirits. Uh-huh. That's where that came from. So so alcohol is called spirits, I think, for that reason, because it gives you a spiritual experience. And um, and you know, we all that that for me that's that's how that works. So uh, now that we're starting to learn about that, then we can we can actually get more right sized with it. You know? So um, I want to go ahead and read what Wayne Dyer's got here, and then I want to talk about the qualities of a cup and the qualities of that emptiness after we read what he has as far as commentary for this chapter of the Tao. So I'm, anyone got a comment at the moment before I get back to this? Okay. I know I talk a lot in these, but it's the way it is. So. Uh, <laughs> The following is what I interrupt me at any time. The following is what I hear Lao Tzu saying to you in regarding this concept of living in the void in today's world. Your, uh, hold on a second. Um, how can I? I wanted to mute. Okay, okay. Uh, your imperceptible center is your vital essence. Okay, Ev's getting set up. Hey, Ev, she's making us some noise, so I muted you, dear. No, I'm raising my hand. Okay. Oh, you got something, Mary? Marla. I mean, Marla. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Who's Mary? Um, Marla. Now you made me forget. (laughs) 
sorry. It's my fault. It always is. How do you define the essence? Is that what you're going to tell us right now, how to define that? Well, I don't know how to define that, quite honestly, but I, I kind of know things that it's not. Okay. So we'll go from there. I, yeah, you know, and so when we talk about the cup, I'll finish reading his deal, but when we start talking about the cup and talking about describing it, maybe we can get down to a little more of what that is, you know, and uh, that's what I'm hoping. Um, so anything else, guys? Uh, take the time to shift your attention to the so-called nothingness that is your essence. What does it beckon you toward? The space emanates from the invisibleness that's responsible for all of creation and the thoughts that emerge from your inner self of pure love and kindness. Um, your inner non-beingness isn't a separate part of you, so seek that mysterious center and explore it. Perhaps think of it as a space contained by your physical self from which all your thoughts and perceptions flow into the world. Rather than trying to have positive, loving notions, simply be sensitive to the essence of your being. The way of the Tao is to allow rather than to try. To allow rather than to try. That's what I was getting to with that statement there. Okay. Uh, think about the things and everything we read with this. This really is part of it is learning to allow rather than push, 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 you know? Think of the times in your life when you've just let it happen and how it worked out and the times that you've pushed, pushed, pushed. And, and sometimes you got the same thing that happened, but if you were allowing it, it just flowed instead of you having to, to be so worked up about it, you know? I was talking to a sponsor the other day, and I said, what you working on this week? He says, I'm trying not to. <laughs> I said, that's a good one. That one down. So uh, he's trying not to try, you know, and he's been reading some of this stuff, you know, and so uh, I said, that's good, but that's allowing rather than trying. Uh, thus allow that essential center of the pure love to activate your unique usefulness. Allow thoughts that emerge to enter your physical self and then leave. Allow and let go. Just let your breathing, just like you're breathing, and vow to spend some time each day just being attentive to the awesome power of your imperceptible vital essence. Yeah. That's, practice, my accent doesn't help, I don't think. Practice the power of silence every day. Okay, and then we only got a little bit more that we're going to talk about the cup. Uh, there are many, and, and Dyer always has an apple, a physical application. So what he's talking about here, I think, is in your, uh, starting with your meditation, just letting things come and go and trying to go through life with that same, take that practice out of the few minutes that you meditate and just let it come and go. Allow it instead of trying, you know. Instead of working it up, just let it flow like water flow. Just let it happen. Uh, practice the power of silence every day. There are many individual ways of doing this. 
For example, meditation is a wonderful tool to help you feel the bliss that accompanies your connection to your inner void, that place where you experience the way of the Tao. Vow to be more aware of the placeless place within you, where all your thoughts and flow thoughts flow outward. Find your way to enter the space within you that is clean, pure, and in harmony with love. The difference between saints and the rest of us isn't that they have loving, pure beliefs and we don't. Rather, they function solely from their essence, where the way of the Tao flows invisibly through their physical being. This is the primary purpose of learning to meditate or to be in the silence, inviting your essence to reveal itself, allowing you to live in the void. His application to the Tao now is to spend at least 15 minutes today living in the void that is you. Ignore your body and your surroundings. Let go of your material identifications, such as your name, age, ethnicity, job title, and so on. And just be in that space between, that void, which is absolutely crucial to your very existence. Look out at the world from what is not and appreciate that your very usefulness as a material being is completely dependent upon this void. Work today on befriending this, what is not, part of you. Yeah. Let me stop the share so I can, so we can see everybody. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Comments? Several. Um, Like you, buddy, the reason that I started using drugs was to fill that emptiness and I think I started my addiction started like everyone else's in my young teens Mm -hmm. and really never I never gave it up I've I've always been addicted to some form of substance abuse whatever Um, so connecting that's why connecting with that emptiness it can't happen unless you're really abstinent unless you're really sober I think you know, I, I I don't know if I can find it because I've been masking it for so long. Well, I, I think it goes back for me too, Marla, to not. You have to allow rather than try. So how could you apply that? True. To, to, how how could you apply that? For me, it would be akin to powerlessness. So that we know, if if I spend my time doing the do's, I don't have time to do the don'ts. So if I'm doing the things I need to, like, for example, if I'm sitting meditating, if I'm seeking the will of God for my life, if I'm working the steps, doing those things, the things I don't understand, I kind of put on a shelf and say, okay, maybe it's not time for me to understand that now. I do know what I need to do. So I'll keep doing what I need to do and believe that the rest of that will unfold as it needs to unfold. Okay. That's kind of the way I, it's kind of the unlearning business, you know, that I don't have to understand. Uh, I've got a, uh, from practical, for me, I've got a son that's in the middle of his addiction stuff. And he's actually, it's odd, but he's 20 some odd. He's pretty much alcoholic. I mean, he, he might, smoke pot alcohol is his deal and uh 
uh, you know, most of his friends are other substances. But, uh, and he asked me about God and all this stuff. And I said, I don't know. I said, I'm not, I said, I'm really more, you know, I'm more concerned with what's going on in my life now, not figuring out all these other things that I can't, you know, I can only have belief about that I can't know, you know. And so he kind of gets aggravated with me because he wants me to paint the whole picture for him. And I said, no, I said, I do know that God has a plan for my life now and that, that I can have peace and and work, you know, and, and be at peace in that and at ease at all times and not need to drink. And uh, he says, well, that doesn't help me any. And I'm like, well, I don't know if it helps you or not. I'm just telling you what I do. It's up to you whether it helps you. It's just all this. <laughs> but, but, but yet, yeah. That, yeah very nice like, words, buddy. But I said, yeah, you know, but I said, but I love you. And, and uh, you know, and I just ask you, just ask God to show himself to you and just stop and just listen, you know. And And I think that's more of it is just, Letting go. It's more of that allowing instead of trying, you know. Uh, the, the thing that I try to do, and I have a biblical background for this, actually, and I hope that doesn't offend anyone, but uh, I read the New Testament through every year. Other than Revelations, I don't read that, uh, but I read the, the rest of it. And in the message version, and and there's one chapter that I really love. Matter of fact, I like it so much that I put it in an MP3 and I listen to it at the end of my meditation every day. And it says that we offer our moment up to God as an offering. Our eating, living, breathing, walking around everyday life. Open, just offer it as an offering. And what God does is he starts changing us from the inside out. Then we just respond to what he's doing. And I'm like, that's it. That's the whole deal, is is submitting your moment and submitting more moments of the day. You know, so instead of trying to figure the whole thing out, I just worked on submitting more moments. And the rest of it, I think, just unfolds for me. So I think that's the allowing without trying thing that put it that, you know, I think God's got a plan for each of our lives, and this whole thing is flowing and what I'm prone to do is to either hold on to stuff or attach, start running the show and complicate the thing. When if I just sit back and watch and just let my hands off, it just kind of works out like it's supposed to. So um, that's the way I, I, I look at that. So uh, any comments, guys, before we move to the next thing? <laughs> All right, I'm excited about this, okay? I want to talk about the emptiness that we've been talking about. You know, like, uh, F, for you and Brandy, I don't know if I showed this before. I'm going to show, I'll show it one more time before. Uh, this is the, uh, the 11th chapter of the Tao Te Ching. And what we're talking about is we mold, a clay, mold clay into a pot but it is the emptiness inside that makes the vessel useful, okay? It's the emptiness inside. So what I've been working on is thinking about a cup, okay, and relating me to a cup. 
give you some examples of this. We talked about this a little bit last week. But, uh, okay, a cup has no control over what it's filled with, okay? There are different cups that have different purposes. Uh, the more empty a cup is, probably the more useful it is. If a cup gets dirty, it may be less useful. Depends on what its purpose is. But the cup has no control over any of that. It's just a cup. And I, and I really think I am much more like that. I used to think I filled myself and I did this and that and the other, but I really think I'm more like a cup than ever. Uh, I've got a whole list of these. Uh, do y'all have any that you that come to mind as far as uh, how about a cup has no say in what is written on it or what color it is? <laughs> Or what shape it is. What shape it is. Yeah. Or who uses it. Or if it's used at all. The cup has no say. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about how much less responsibility the cup has. <laughs> the cup's job is just to be a cup. You know? Does, does does that speak to anybody? <laughs> yeah, we are the cup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, my job as a cup is to submit and be powerless and let God clean me up and let God fill me up and use me for whatever purpose there is out there for me. Not. For me to try to fill myself or say, no, I don't want to be filled with that. No, I don't want to be used for that. You know, <laughs> none of that. Uh, if a cup is being used for something other than its original purpose, it is still useful and it is still a cup. If I take this cup and quit making coffee in it, and take it out and put it in my garage and start putting nuts and bolts in it, it is still a cup. And it is still a useful cup. It may not be being used for what the intended purpose was, but it's still a cup. It's no less a cup. And it's no less useful. A flawed cup. It's still a cup. <laughs> a cup cannot empty itself or fill itself. We talked about that. How about this one? A cup does not pass judgment. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> cup does not. How about this? A cup has no responsibility other than to be a cup. That's it. If a cup sits on the shelf and you get it out after 10 years, find it, and it was your favorite cup, all of a sudden it's no less a cup or no more a cup. It was a cup the whole time. <laughs> oh, how about this one? 
if a cup influences its contents, uh, it is no longer useful. It's probably going to be thrown away. For example, had a friend that had a pottery cup that she used to heat her water for her tea in her cup. And she found she started getting sick and she was sick because some of the parts in the pottery were getting into the water when they, when she had heated in the microwave and it was making her sick. So she had to throw her cup away because it was influencing what was inside of it. Think about that one. Huh? Someone other than the cup makes all the decisions about the cup. <laughs> but, you know, isn't that a relief, though, when you think about it in that way? That yeah. Our job in recovery, the way I see it, is if it's for me to do that submission of the moment, for me to be powerless I mean, th- this relates all to being powerless, of letting go, of allowing rather than trying, of that what we call effortless effort. You know, when you hear effortless effort, which is wu-wei, you think more about the effortlessness part, but it is still effort. It is not no effort. It is just effort of getting in the flow of life. You know, when you're ever in that flow when you've got a hard thing to do, but it's but it works and you're enjoying it, and it's really like it wasn't hard, but it other people could see and it they may see it as hard, but it but it just all worked and it's almost like you enjoyed whatever it was that you were you know was happening. We've all been in those situations. That's I think what we should look toward for all of life is what that's speaking to. I think that's the allowing of finding our true nature and letting that nature flow rather than us pushing against it. Uh, uh, Oh, Marla, you'll like this one. A cup does not care who likes it or who uses it. (laughs) Don't care. Cup's purpose is to be a cup, period. Um, anyone got any to add or want to comment on any of those? That's all I have on the, on the cup. I read something yesterday. I wonder if I can pull it up, but it sounds, um, very similar. It's about a river. I'm sure you've heard it. I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. Um, you are perfect to think anything less is as pointless as a river thinking that it's got too many curves or that it moves too slowly or that it's rapids are too rapid. Says who? You're on a journey with no defined beginning, middle, or end. There are no wrong twists or turns. There's just being. And your job is to be as you can be. That is why you're here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've been trying to tell my daughter that's in junior high. I, I read her that because she just tried out for the volleyball team. She's really Junior high is not a good time, <laughs> but she's a re- very concerned about what people think of her. And, uh, yeah, might be the, that time is the worst where you uh, are so concerned about that. Yeah, I just, when my kids were that age, I just surrounded them with love and just loved on them. Because uh, sometimes that's all you can do, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they've got to learn those things for themselves. You know, mm-hmm. 
So that's, that's a tough time. Yeah. Good that it you're is. still over there far, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I wanted, I wanted, uh, I don't want her to go through it, though. It's hard. What do they say, though? You got to go through it to get to it. Yeah. We all have to. So we can just trust that, you know, our higher power has got her on, you know, every step's on the path, you know, that that she's just as much on the path as you are. And, uh, you know, that, that, you know, God's going to see her through whatever that is and, and help form her just like he's, you know, formed all of us, you know. But uh, that's good. That's Do you good. think people that uh, use substances or have addictions have a more difficult time with this control thing? <laughs> um, well, I think... I, I, yes, I do. Um, as far as I think anyone that doesn't, um, learn how to deny, I mean, learn how to rely on, uh, on their higher power. The only option they have is to control everything themselves. So whether it's drugs and alcohol or, or money or what, whatever the thing is that is their higher power. If it's not, something that's giving them peace and joy, real peace and joy, when that starts to leave, then they try to control to, to correct it. You know, if their life's all about their children, then I've seen people who do this, they'll turn around and then they try to control their children and fix it because they don't have a confidence that everything is working out like it's supposed to and that that there's a, a higher power that's at work in their life, that that kind of thing. If they, if they don't have that, then there's going to be a degree of control with everyone when it all starts slipping away. They try to hold on and keep it the way it is. You know, that, that's how I see it, you know. So this is this like step two or is it step three? Yes. <laughs> Both? <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's uh, one, two, three. I think one, two, three work together for me. Yeah. Those three are intertwined because, you know, three is turning your will and your life over to the care of God. When I'm not doing that, the first thing I start seeing is insane thinking, and which is my lack of peace. And then if that stays for long enough, then I'm going to start seeing a manageability, which would be one. And so, you know, that's outward, like anger and all this stuff. So for me, those three are intertwined together because – Two and one are warning flags for me. If I'm seeing anger, something out here, physical, then I say, whoa, I'm angry. I got to look back and see why I'm angry. I didn't all of a sudden, bam, angry. Somehow there was something I wasn't turning over to the care of God. And so I'd lost my peace for long enough that I finally acted out. But it went through that process, maybe quick. Maybe it went real quick through it. But, you know, it all... It all goes back to turning my will and my life over to the care of God. So if if I have an area that I'm not turning my will and my life over, that's where I'm going to have a lack of peace, lack of sane thinking. And in turn, I'm going to have some kind of an un- unmanageability eventually pop out in the physical world that I'm going to see. So I got to just look back and see. But it, it always, for me, goes back to some area of life that I'm not turning over to God's care. Uh, give you a good example for me. My son, even though he was star student in high school, 
didn't go to college. Barely graduated because I had him in a in a detox and a halfway house when he was a senior in high school. But yet he was star student. He was that smart. Okay, and uh, he um, um, he didn't go to college, and I was upset with him about it, and I couldn't get over my anger about him not going to school. And hourly, you could and at first, I talked to my sponsor about it, and I said, "Why, you know?" I said, "I can't get over this anger." I said, "You know, he's, you know, just such a disappointment, really, you know." And he said, "Well, why are you angry?" I said, "Well, that's what we need to talk about because I don't want to be angry." And come to find out, I wasn't angry because he was upsetting his opportunities. I was angry because he was embarrassing me. <laughs> that's why I was angry. So until I got down to that and dealt with it then I kept being angry. So once I dealt with it, I wasn't angry anymore. So that's what I, you know, I mean, I think all of that are ways that, that we have to go back and turn, you know, what it was, it wasn't that I was concerned about his future, which I am. But the reason I was angry was ego Mm -hmm. and pride. That's why I was angry. So, uh, once I once I dealt with that, then I, I once I saw it, it was easy to deal with. I said, "Oh, now I see what it is." Ask God to remove it, you know, and go through the process, you know, that we learned. So, um, you know, talk to my sponsor about it. Ask God to remove it. Talk to my sponsor about it. Uh, I kept encouraging my son, but the problem that I saw with my anger was pride and ego. So. Um, and that's part of this, you know, that, that was a uh, area that instead of just allowing it to unfold, I was trying, you know, I was pushing, you know, and I, and I was able to see it, you know? So that, for me, that's practical kind of application of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Now, as far as the cup goes, I really feel that my job in life is very much like that, that, Basically, I'm to be available. I'm, the way the cup is cleaned in my life is by working the steps, you know, cleaning up my character defects, turning up, submitting all those, doing four through nine, and then continually doing 10, 11, 12. That keeps my cup empty and clean and ready. And then ever how God wants to use me, then I'm available. I remember when uh, I thought I should start doing some service work. You know, I got that inside urge. I said, you know, I need to start doing more service. So I started looking around where I could do service. <coughs> and God put a guy in my life that was a uh, was in a program, and he got put in a nursing home. And so I started to go visiting. And he got moved to a, a city 20 minutes away, 30 minutes, 20, 25 minutes away. So I started driving over there to see it for the one purpose of seeing him and ended up on Fridays, I would go over and see him, uh, got to where I took him out, take him to a meeting, go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and eat lunch, which I can't stand and haven't been back to, but I eat Kentucky Fried Chicken every Friday with him, you know. Got him into the restaurant. He's on a walker. You know, got him in, sat down, got his food. You know, I ate with him. We'd go buy his groceries. 
and then taking you know, he had a little refrigerator so we'd buy him some special things there and had another guy that would occasionally pick him up some stuff but i mostly got him out and all this went on for a year and a half every friday i would go drive to the town do all this stuff spend half my day in the town doing all this just for him <clears throat> and i thought you know when i wanted to do service this was not what i had in mind <laughs> You know, and I, it wasn't no fanfare, no anything. But I was more, well, really, I was just being the cup. You know, that's what was put in front of me. That's what I was doing. And after that year, I looked at the checkout sheet where you check them out. And all that time, if I hadn't have been there, the guy wouldn't have even been out of the nursing home. You know, and I, and, and I tear up thinking about it now, about really how, important that was and i you know it's just um i'm very grateful that i was able to be used during that time for that um i think that's being the cup you know not trying not to be as concerned about how you're used but just being available because you know the cup sitting on the shelf is just as much a cup as the one as this one that i drink out of every day i mean this is my coffee cup if I get a cup of coffee, I hunt for this cup so I can drink out of it, okay? It's the one cup. It fits just right in my coffee maker, you know, all that stuff, you know. And so it is my coffee cup. My, now, my wife takes it occasionally, and she cleans it without my permission. But it's <laughs> <laughs> but it is my coffee cup. Now, another cup that sits over here, okay, this cup that sits on my desk that holds things, is no less a cup than my coffee that I never pay attention to. Is no less a cup than my coffee cup I use every day, you know. And it, I, I would think it's no of no concern to the cup at all. So that's the kind of attitude that I feel I should have about my life. Is the fact is I'm there, I'm ready, and you know that's I, I think that's where my purpose lies. Is 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 letting go of all that so that, you know, I can really be used. How do you know um, when you do make decisions, um, how do you know which way that you're being guided? Um, that can be tough, Brandy. I, for me, it, it's never um, a, um, a never 100%. It's normally just, you know, what's put in front of me, I'll do if it's bringing, you know, if, uh, if I'm standing, uh, in a place of peace about what's going on, I'll do that. But, uh, I look at my ego and my pride and, you know, look at self and I, and I say, okay, is this something that's, um, that's, um, that I'm doing because, you know, it's making me look good. It's making me, you know, uh, uh, is it, is it, uh, is it something that's puffing up my pride and ego or is, is my motive in this to actually do the right thing? If it is, then that's the way I, the way I move forward. And then, you know, sometimes I've been wrong with that. Yeah. And I just, you know, I just back up. So, okay, well, that's a mistake. Where's an, where's the next thing, you know? And if I, if I keep that intention of being of service, and that intention of uh, doing the right thing, 
then it corrects itself. I mean, it really does. Um, but, uh, uh, but there's an ease that can be with that because, you know, in the past, sometimes I'd want to, okay, God, do I, okay, do I go right or left, 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 no, right, right. I don't know. You know, I don't think it's about that. I think it's about just doing good and whatever you're doing. You know, I don't know if God has this will for us that is, um, that is that literal, you know, like a checklist list, you know, like a, like a boss, you know, like I want you, this is your task, finish this task and this task and this. I, I don't, I don't know if it's like that. I think it may be just whatever you're doing today is your intention to do for them or to somehow maneuver them to do for you. And if we start with that, if I start with that in everything, then my day just kind of just happens the way that it needs to. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that. Oh, yeah. 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 That's huge. Yeah. But, uh, I and do you ever feel like, well, whatever you need to learn, you just uh, get bombarded with it. Um, like for me, August has been hell. Like everything that could possibly happen happens. So just being able to like learn and go with it. I hate snakes. I got home last night and there's a, gra- a snake in my garage. I had to control that situation though and get that snake out of my garage. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a snake and it's gone. So yeah, I mean it's not bothering you today. No, okay. it's in my garbage. <laughs> yeah, you know it's just that's the kind of thing. You know, it, for me. If I can, a big part of that for me is getting it down to the moment, living in the moment and not, um, if, if I've got situations to deal with, number one, if it's a situation I've already dealt with, I try to let that go. And if it's something I've got to deal with tomorrow, I wait and deal with it tomorrow. I don't deal with it today. And if I, if I can narrow it down to just what I have to deal with in the moment, it's much less than what I used to, because used to, I was controlling all those things. You know, I had to get everything orchestrated for everything else. And, oh my God, I haven't put no money back for my retirement this month or this year. What am I going to do? You know, all that stuff starts rolling around. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. I just narrow it down to what I can do in this moment and just go from there. You know, and that's, uh, that's how I keep, you know, keep that. And, from, they were talking about meditation. Meditation for me is huge with that because that teaches me to let thoughts go that I can't control and just be really learn to be more in the moment. So I hope that helps. That's, that's how I deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to really be focused on, well, am I doing the will of God or not? Or, you know, gosh, I'm 52 years old. What? Am I going to accomplish anything with my life? Is my life going to show any purpose? You know, all those things, you know. I said, wait a minute. I said, I'm going to quit trying to figure that out, and I'm just going to do what I see in front of me to do and just believe the rest of it's just going to work out like it needs to. And when I did that, it I mean, there was just an ease that comes with that kind of attitude that I didn't have before that. Uh, and that's a lot of what this is talking about. I think is talking about learning to live 
in that ease, learning to live in that peace, learning to, to, to let go. You know, I had a lady in meetings that used to say, instead of let go and let God, she'd say, let go or get dragged. And I really believe it's that way because I'd still get dragged at times when I don't let go, you know, because that's the two options. I'm either letting go or I'm getting dragged. <laughs> it's one or the other, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's that's. I think that's what this is all about. Craig, you got something? No, I like the let go and let uh, let go or get dragged analogy. I like that. Um, I, I, I think if we if, if you keep a hold of all these things that are upsetting or, or causing friction to yourself, then it's just going to get worse. I think yeah, I think yeah, you do have to let go of, of certain situations. Um, it's like the snake. Sell your house, move. I don't like spiders <laughs> but it's, um, yeah I, 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 I like that let go and let, let go or get dragged um, there are things it's like it says we, your daughter going for the volleyball um, it's, it's something your daughter wants to do just just let her do it um, my son he's the same he likes to try out for, for a football team um, he's never played football in his life but his friends his friends play football um, so he doesn't want to feel left out doing it. And I'm saying, Louise, look, he doesn't do that. He doesn't. And I'm sitting panicking at the fact that he doesn't do this and he doesn't know what he's doing. He's found his own way. Um, he's um, he's enjoying it. He does it at school. He doesn't do it after school anymore. Um, but I've just, I've just let go of the fact that I wanted to control what he was doing. Um, we'll do martial arts in the family, and I'm, I'm just that blinkered that that's, that's what I think we do. I've had to let go of the control of what I want him to do and let him make his own decisions as to what he wants to do. Um, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, we, we really are powerless over what other people want to do. Um, and I, I think as, as, as long as I remember that, then um, I think I'll be, I'll be focusing on what's in front of me, not, not what's, what's behind me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. My, uh, my son's grandfather was a big baseball fan. And he wanted to tie my son's right hand behind his back so he would be left-handed and be a left-handed pitcher. He really <laughs> wanted to do that. Wow. <laughs> Tell me that's not control. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that sounds cruel. It is cruel. It is cruel. But, of course, we didn't do it. you know. But what I'm saying is we all have ways that if we're not careful, we try to control outcomes in much much more subtle ways, of course, but still it's control nonetheless, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we try to control all these outcomes, then we have angst about it because things are not happening the way that we've designed and planned them to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge part of this, yeah. is letting go of all those outcomes. I mean, here I am walking in a nursing home smelling piss every Friday, okay, which I don't like going to nursing. I don't like all that. I'm uncomfortable there. You know, I'm just uncomfortable with that whole scenario. And uh, I got to know the people running the place. I got to know – I mean, it was just – they'd see me coming. They'd know what I was there for, you know, and all of those things, you know. And so – but I learned that I had to let go of – all of that, you know, um, and it, that would, that ended up being a real gift for me to, to help him 
for, and it was probably close to two years. And uh, he passed away last year or year before. And uh, he, um, but he was real grateful. He said, buddy, he said, I don't know what I would do if you're not here. And he was in his 80s. And I said, uh, well, Jim, I said, God would just send you somebody else. I said, I'm not the one that's special here. I said, God just send you, you know, somebody else to do what I'm doing. All I'm doing is coming over and taking you to lunch a day a week. It's no big deal. And, you know, I made money that whole time. I never had a push that, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't in the office. So, uh, you know, I slacked on that side. You know, God provided for me because I was doing what I needed to do. I had a new employer and I was doing the parts that I needed to do for that day, you know. And so uh, that was a little struggle for me, too, was taking all that time that I think I should be working, you know, and, and I was going and doing this every Friday. And uh, so that was, uh, that was huge for me. What I found with Callum was that once I, once I stopped trying to control what he was doing, he found me more approachable because I was more open to what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And that way I could, I could I could help him achieve what he wants to do, not what I want him to do. And it's, um, it's, it's made it's, it's made the relationship with, with with Callum a lot a lot better. He's always he's always been a mummy's boy, and he's he's kind of been like that for the first five years of his life. But now he's starting to see a sober dad, somebody that's actually showing an interest in what he's doing, and not saying no. This is how you have to do it. Right. If this is how you want to do it, that's fine. This is what could potentially happen. If that's what you want to do, then then go ahead and do it. You know, I'll be here to I'll be here to recharge your batteries at the end of it, and you know we can move on from there. And Callum started to come to myself with a lot more a lot more things. I mean, he's starting to get that to get to that age where um, he needs his dad, um, and I'm just I'm just glad that I'm I'm sober and I'm present enough to to help him. Um, when we go on holiday, he's got the seating arrangements for the airplane sorted, and it's, it's he's next to the window. I'm next to him, and then it's my wife that's next to me. So he's got all that figured out. And, you know, I, I say to him, I said, well, what if mum wants to sit next to you? He says, well, that, we'll deal with that at the time, Dad, but this is this is how it's happening. So like, but let's, let's just go with it. Let's, let's go and we'll see what happens with it. But he's um, he, he's getting into this day quite a bit as well because um, I, I was walking him down to school. I walk him down to school every morning. And I didn't catch up with him last night because we're training. So I says, I says, right, so how was school yesterday? He didn't tell me much about school yesterday. Dad, you need to live now. Yesterday, yes, yesterday is gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you you sit and you're talking all your meetings about living in the moment. Let's not talk about yesterday because it wasn't very good. I was like, okay. <laughs> That's fine, I'll just leave it at that. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just sharp as a tack. But, yeah, I, I think I think the main thing with Callum is just let him do what let him do what he wants to do, let him experience what he wants to experience. And, you know, I, I have no control over that. Um, I just I just, I just just have to be here and, and help him where I can. You know, my, you know, if when you, the serenity prayer, controlling the, you know, controlling the, you know, uh, well, how does it say it? Uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. When I first got in this thing, all these things that I could control were this huge list. And what I couldn't control was this small, small. Now it's flipped. Yeah. And, all, and I realize that all the things I can't control are this huge list. So, um, 
that's part of this is learning not to try in those things and just allow. Uh, I think that's why it doesn't matter what you believe in when you come in the program, as long as you believe there's a God and it's not you, Mm -hmm. because it's not about what you believe. It's about letting go. It's about quitting the try. And so uh, there's, there's, that's what I spend time thinking about, Marla. You're talking about the things that you don't figure, you know, that is the thing that I really, uh, uh, that I have to sit on the shelf. You know, it's why that works, but it does. It does. Um, anything else before we close? No, I'm just, I'm finding this whole philosophy, even though it's built on, it's just, uh, you know, on top, on top, on top of the 12 steps. It's still the same. It's let go and let God. It really is. That's all it is, is, is giving you other ways to, to realize that, you know, other ways to, to see it, you know, because it is. That's what it is in everything, Marla. Everything is letting go, letting go of the past, then, you know, letting go of your resentments and your regrets and all those things, and then how to continually do that on a daily basis, so, yeah, it's the same. And that's the thing. If the answer, I really believe this, if the, if the answer is not simpler than the problem, it's probably not the right answer. Because these are simple answers. Because I want complicated answers. You know, but, but if the, the real answer, when you get down to it, is probably so much simpler. And it's that way every time for me. And it all, if I get down, dig down far enough, it's all about some area of my life that I am not letting go. Some area that I'm trying to control, something that I want, something that I'm trying to keep, you know. And so, you know, that's that's what it all drills down to. All, all of it does. Haven't seen an exception to that in 16 years in recovery, you know, and yeah. 10 years of, of, you know, solid sobriety. I have not seen a situation that that did not apply to ever. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Yeah. You know, it truly is, you know, in this stuff we read, it talks about, you know, if, if you want knowledge, you learn. If you want wisdom, you unlearn. And I think it's about unlearning. Yeah. Letting go of that stuff. Yeah. You know? that, that was that was the first thing I that was the first thing I was told when I came into recovery was just forget about everything you think you know. Because <laughs> the chances are it's wrong. It was it was wrong. I, I, I thought I could do it. I, I thought I, I thought I can do it. I'm in control. Yeah. You know, I, I can do this myself. I, I don't need I, I don't need anybody's help. Yeah. And the guy says, "So why are you at this meeting?" Yeah. Yeah. Simple. <laughs> so. Marla, what's the Paul McCartney t-shirt? Uh, which one is it? Um, what's the solo? This is his one world tour. Oh, this year, last year, October. Right. He right. came to Detroit. Yeah, he came, to, he came to Glasgow, and the tickets they wanted were extortionate. And I wasn't, I wasn't paying the price for that. So, the, um, right, so, so my, my, my issue at the moment now is that I need to go and get a coffee, and I've got five cups. Good luck with that. I know Buddy's going to say, but it's a cup. The cup doesn't mind the cup. 
Hey, and Craig, you're not going to offend the cup if you don't use it, okay? I know, but I might offend the other ones. <laughs> We're good, guys. We had a good meeting today, I think. Yeah, enjoy it. Everyone good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah really okay. good. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Right. Thanks, Bye. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.